You are listening to the inaugural episode of World of Noise right here on X-Ray FM, where radio is yours. I'm your host, DJ Bob Ham. You may know me from my other X-Ray show, Double Bummer, or you might know me from my work as a journalist and critic for the Portland Mercury, Pitchfork, Downbeat, and plenty of other print and online publications. I'll be your guide for this one-hour trip through the Portland music scene. Each week on the show, I'll be presenting interviews and conversations and live in-studio performances meant to give you a taste of the wide variety of sounds being made here in the Portland metro area. And I'll be dipping into the past a bit, speaking with those people who were foundational in building the community of musicians and DJs and bookers and journalists of today. I hope you tune in each week with an open ears and an open mind. Later on in tonight's debut episode of World of Noise, you'll hear from Reed Wallsmith, founding member of the jazz group Blue Cranes, and Doug Dietrich of the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble about their upcoming live collaboration. But to kick off the show, we're going to put the spotlight on the music from the Indian subcontinent. Listening to some music from the late Ali Akbar Khan, an artist who specialized in Hindustani classical music. He's just one of a wealth of musicians from the Indian subcontinent, the collection of countries that surround the Indian Ocean, that have been brought to the Portland area thanks to the work of a nonprofit arts organization called Kalakendra. Kalakendra was started over 30 years ago as a way to bring the traditional and classical music of India to the Portland metro region, where a growing population of people from the subcontinent have emigrated. Since their first concert in February 1987, Kalakendra has welcomed some of the biggest names in world music, including percussionist Zakir Hussain, vocalist Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan, and perhaps the most famous Indian musician of all time, Ravi Shankar. In spite of those high-profile names, Kalakendra has managed to fly under the radar of most Portland music fans. So with their next concert coming up this Saturday, November 16th, which is a night of Hindustani vocal music performed by Kishan Patel at the First Baptist Church downtown, it seemed like the perfect chance to shine a spotlight on the impact that Kalakendra has had on the Indian diaspora here in Portland and beyond. To help me, I am joined by Kalakendra's board president, Malini Kanth, and concert committee chair, Nagendra Tirumali, to find out more about this organization and their humble yet powerful mission. So let's talk about the beginning of Kalakendra. Uh, where did this journey begin? Oh, Kalakendra started in 1987. So we've been going for 32 years, and this is our 33rd year now. And so it was started in uh, 1987, basically because at that time we did not have any organizations that can present, promote, or preserve the performing arts of the Indian subcontinent. And so that was the mission that we started out with. And uh, we have been fairly successful in our mission and the fact that, that we have been producing concerts for 33 years nonstop is a testament to that. Excuse my ignorance on this subject, but I mean, what was the uh, Indian population like here in 1986, 1987 that, that you felt warranted you wanting to present to this music to people? The Indian population at that time was quite small in the Portland metropolitan area. And I can I can probably give you a rough estimate. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's probably less than 5,000 at that point. And since then, obviously, it has grown. And um, one of the things that the Kalakendra has been able to do is that introduce this art not only to the people from, in, from the Indian subcontinent who are here so that they can um, learn more about it, but also introduce this to the the local people as well, and to try and establish some cross-cultural connections and to go on with uh, introducing this music to the Western world. And that was not something that was available in the Portland area at that time. Now, Nagendra, you've been a part of this from the beginning, am I right? That is correct. That's correct. And uh, Malini, when did you become a part of Kalakendra? So I joined Kalakendra sometime in the year 2014, but I have been in the Portland area since 1996, 
and uh, i got into like, i started attending those concerts uh, like sometime the next year from uh, 1997 onwards and uh, off and on we would uh, go and attend the, those concerts and really enjoy the kind of uh, environment that it presented uh, was really something that uh, was not available anywhere in the us that i had seen before so that was really attractive for me and uh, th- that's something that really uh, excited me and wanted me to like be part of it <laughs> so in 2014 or actually a, a year or so before that i started seriously thinking about becoming a board member and and uh, it happened <laughs> in 2014 so. and now you're the board president until next year at this point yes so how was it for you malini uh moving here and hearing about Kalakendra and knowing that there was a group that was presenting this music that came from your home country was that a, was that a pretty huge thing for you and in your family yes so for me uh, like right from uh, childhood i've been very much interested in indian music and more towards i was uh, right from the beginning leaning more towards classical music so uh, to be able to experience uh, artists from india live and hear them live that was something that uh, and in such a close setting that was something that was uh, like really um you know, like uh, something that i really enjoyed and i wanted to be part of that whole process right from the beginning right from the first time that i saw that so with the booking uh, shows of Kalakendra like from the start um you get some pretty big names the first couple of shows you did you had uh, Zakir Hussain came and played your first concert here and then um I'm going to let you say the the name of the the second performer whose name I'm going to completely butcher so please take it away <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about sure absolutely uh, our inaugural concert was by the, the famous duo Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma and Zakir Hussain and they I mean, they're just outstanding musicians. Absolutely. And so since then, we have been able to get almost all of the big names from Indian music right down right here to Portland. And that includes uh, Pandit Ravi Shankar. And he has been uh, here for three times for Kala Khendra. Wow. And he also did a, a big concert for us at our, for our 10th anniversary as well. Wow. And Zakir Hussain, of course, Ustad Zakir Hussain, of course, was one of the beloved performers in Portland. And he has performed for Kala Khendra more than 10 times since the beginning. And so it was wonderful to having those performers and being able to bring all those big names right here to Portland and to listen to them so close uh, so closely up front is is really a gift for us and this is not something that is possible even in india because these performers are you know they perform for very big audiences right and and we many people don't have access to them is that an intentional thing to sort of keep the size of these concerts small yeah we have been able to do that and i think one of the we have presented concerts i mean even some of the ones that we presented at the schnitz etc mm-hmm. um and there are other concerts also that we present in more intimate settings including some house concerts mm-hmm. and they provide kind of a unique experience for some of the from some of our listeners and audiences as well so we do the whole spectrum i should say you know, from very big concerts to small concerts and also lectures and work you know workshops and lecture demonstrations and things of that kind. Yeah, I want to hear more about these workshops especially because I think what even in the first year uh you held uh some workshops with some of the musicians that you brought into town and what those look like and what those what, what sort of audience or, or participants do you bring in are they mostly people from the Indian subcontinent do you get some western musicians to come and listen in it's a mix of both actually both the, the people from uh, indian uh, people of indian origin as well as the western music, people who are interested in indian music and the workshops are presented in like a more an intimate setting so that there are you know it, the the number of people who are actually attending the workshops could vary anywhere from 10 to uh, 30 to 40 and they actually are conducted for at times for several days so I mean, even including I mean, the, the first time that Ustad Zakir Hussain presented a workshop there were 10 uh, students for example mm-hmm. and they they were at the workshop for three days so those kinds of things are uh, available and it's a great opportunity 
And unfortunately, we haven't been, been able to bring back Ustad Zakir Hussain for those kinds of workshops since he's gotten so big and so busy. <laughs> uh, but we have been able to bring other performers for, to doing those kinds of things, including a dance performance that we did just last, uh, just about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the dance teachers taught a workshop here in Portland for three days. Now, something that uh, Malini and I were talking about a little earlier is the connection that you try to make with this group with uh, local schools and presenting uh, local dancers and musicians. And I wonder if you could tell me more about that, Malini, about putting on those shows. Yes, that is something um, we kind of give an opportunity to all the dance schools in the in the area to showcase uh, their students and their ta- and their whole um, the the work that they're doing. So we hold that uh, like every once every year, in generally in the January and the February time frame, and we invite different schools. So um, we end up presenting about like seventeen different schools uh, in 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 a period of three hours. So it's a big uh, um, um, uh, task that we take up, but then in the end we like it brings us a lot of goodwill from the community and we are able to uh, it's not really a fundraising it's more about our, the promotion of our um uh, the different dance schools and their art uh so that's the basic idea there how is it for these musicians from the Indian subcontinent to come here to Portland. Some of them, I think, have been here before, played other shows, but to have this uh, have this group, especially who are made up primarily of people from Indian and the Indian, Indian subcontinent, uh, putting on these shows and bringing in these audiences from there, is it fairly exciting for them? Do they do they respond to that in in some way? Yeah, certainly is, and I think Kalakendra is well known in the in the Indian music circles right now amongst all of the Indian artists. So we get submissions for con- concerts from the artists and from their art, the managers of those artists. And get, get present, we are basically inundated with requests. And so we have a concert committee which screens those, and then we are able to then present some of the best of, of, of both the upcoming artists as well as the established artists. And um, at this point, I mean, I think we we are able to present like about you know, eight to ten concerts a year, and the number of requests that we get is definitely about ten times that. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and over a period of time, we have uh, become one of the premier organizations that uh, presents these kind of concerts. Like he said, the Ragmala, which uh, now they are like looking at us and trying to. Uh, get back to their own, uh, the old, uh, like they want to revive themselves. Oh, good. Uh, because in the Seattle area, they are still struggling now to bring concerts of uh, this nature. It's interesting because I know that uh, there has been uh, a, a rising influx of people from the Indian subcontinent moving here to the Northwest. Um, very true. Tr- attracted by, I'm guessing, tech jobs and just the, the you know, the rising yeah, industry of that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that must be, uh, I imagine there must be a lot of, the, you know, folks from India in Seattle as well. So I'm surprised that they haven't done more in that regard. Yeah. And it requires, like, our board of 16 members today, like, it requires a lot of effort on part of the, the board members to be able to continue this whole process and I'm really thankful to founding founding members like Nagendra and even there's another member um, to to have that passion to continue year over year like uh, uh, knowing that he's been here for 33 years in the organization that's really amazing and I'm not sure how long I'll be able to continue (laughs) (laughs) but I'm looking forward to so it's people like these who really are able to um, keep the organization going and um, yeah, take it to the next step. Absolutely. Now, uh, as you said, 33 years this has been going on. Are there any uh, clear highlights for you, like the biggest shows or the most exciting ones that you've been able to be a part of? Yeah, I, I can. There are a number of concerts that I, I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint just a few. I'm sure. Because there have been, we have about, we have presented nearly 500 concerts and workshops over the last 32 years. And the some of the highlights I do remember is one one where we had, of course, Pandit Ravi Shankar. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in our 10th anniversary concert, and that was phenomenal. He played with his daughter, Anushka Shankar. Wow. She, who was just 15 at that time. Just 15. Amazing. <laughs> I know. She is now a, a big name artist. And a, I was going to say, she's a yeah. superstar she's in her own She's a Grammy rights. Award winner at this point. And certainly the, the concerts that we've had uh, with uh, both Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma and Zakir Hussain, with our inaugural concert, as well as the concert that we thought we had was going to be our last concert, which didn't turn out to be so. And that was another phenomenal one because they actually came in and performed for us and said and urged all the people in Portland to support Kala Kendra and helped us continue with this, with the organization as well. And then there are a few other artists, like some of the, um, the outstanding musicians. One of them is uh, Ustad Bismillah Khan, mm. who is a Shainai musician. And he is an amazing musician. And he brought his troupe of about 10 people playing the Shainai, which is like a trumpet. Okay. And so that, he was, that was amazing. And there's the other concert that I fondly remember is one of... Uh, Ustad Nasrut Fateh Ali Khan, he um, he was uh, he also came with his group of people, about twelve artists, and they performed at the Schnitz to a completely sold out performance. That's right, I do remember that one. Yeah, (laughs) and that was phenomenal as well. In addition to that, we have brought in a number of dance ballets, and each of those are led by phenomenal artists, though are very well recognized in India. They're all national award winners, and we have had a number of those as well. Wow. So, Malini, in, in your time as uh, board president for some of the last uh, two seasons, uh, the next this season is going until June of 2020. Uh, what about you? What are some of your favorites that you've been able to help bring to Portland and the Portland area? Yes, before I became the president, um, the uh, like I said, it starts mid-year, so uh, the year started with the in the previous t- uh, tenure. The, uh, the year started with a concert by Ustad Zakir Hussain. Mm-hmm. So, and and then it ended with another uh, big name artist, uh, uh, Ustad Amjad Ali Khan, who does um, Sarod. Uh, so, the fact that I was part of the whole process where the year started with such a big name artists and bookended the whole year with that. So like, I was really happy to be part of the whole process. So are you seeing a lot of Western influence uh, creeping into the music that, of some of the artists that you bring along? Or do you tend to just lean, at least your booking decisions, towards folks that uh, go for more traditional or more folk-based music like you're talking about? We are more, I mean, we have had fusion concerts, mm-hmm. if that's what you're aiming at. I mean, talking about some of the concerts where the Indian musicians have played with the Western musicians. Sure. And so we've had a concert, for example, where the, we've, we've had artists who playing saxophone with the Indian music. And we also have had where, you know um, people where the performances... Um, one of the things that I remember is one of the sitar players from India played with an Iranian uh, musician as well. It's an it's an Indo-Iranian collaboration. Wow, and that's so not we a small presented, thing. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have been able to present music music of that kind as well. Well. I would like to now ask about the next concert you have coming up, and maybe Malini, you could tell us more about. Uh, maybe you could tell us more about the. Uh, you're having an evening of Hindustani vocal music by Kishan Patel. Maybe you could tell us about him and his work. Yeah, so Kishan Patel, he's a young uh, uh, Hindustani vocal uh, artist, and he grew up in Portland. So he's our, oh, one wow. of our own. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, I, and That's the reason, absolutely. We have seen him as a performer, as a little boy, who's performing <laughs> yeah, on the kind of uh, tabla. This is something we have started uh, this uh, year onwards. Like some, Somehow we have found that we have not been able to get dates from the big-name artists during the November-December time frame. So our November generally remains uh, like without any concert. So uh, And we realize that our local artists are more or less available uh, readily. So, yeah, and we thought of, uh, he was our first choice because he has grown up in Portland and is pursuing music as his career. So, um, and he has given a lot of good concerts. So, um, 
like he's not currently in Portland. He's pursuing some somewhere in I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh area. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's looking forward to it, and we are looking forward to it. And it, his parents are still in in the area, in the Portland area. So his parents are. Uh, are you know, the, the whole community is super excited about I'm this sure. concert because this is a, <laughs> it is really phenomenal. This one, that's one of the main missions of Kala Kendra is not just to introduce the art from the performing arts, and it's actually inspired a number of the people locally to pursue the performing arts of India. I was going to ask about a, that. This yes. is a great example of that. And so this boy has come to our concerts, and this is, yeah, I mean, he has grown up here. He has learned from the local music teachers. And then also has learned music even in India as well. I mean, some of these people go back to India and learn from other teachers there as well. So, I mean, we are really proud to present him for for Kalakendra. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, that is actually a dream come true. So if you want more information on upcoming concerts, including the uh, concert on November 16th with Kishan Patel, which is happening at the First Baptist Church here in Portland, uh, and get tickets for that, go to kalakendra.org, which I will spell for you, K-A-L-A-K-E-N-D-R-A.org. And I'd like to thank the board president, Malini Kant, and I'd like to thank the concert committee chair for Kalakendra, Nagendra Turamali, for joining me tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Two of the most consistently exciting and forward-thinking jazz ensembles, Blue Cranes and the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble, have crossed paths plenty of times over the years, but for the first time this month, they are going to join forces. Kicking off the PJC East 2019-2020 season on November 21st at Holocene is a show called Siege of Cranes, which will add eight horn players from the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble to the already volatile sound of Blue Cranes in hopes of making some serious sparks fly. To round out this first episode of World of Noise, I sat down with Blue Crane saxophonist and co-founder Reed Wallsmith and Doug Dietrich, the executive director of the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble, to find out more about this sure-to-be-thrilling collaboration. So Doug Dietrich, Reed Wallsmith, thank you both for being in studio with me this evening. Uh, this uh, performance that's coming up on the 21st, The Siege of Cranes, how did this project get started? When did this collaboration begin? Hmm. Should we, how far back should we go? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you, you two have known each other for a while, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, And you've been and you've known the PJCE longer than than even I have. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Oliver roped me into it way back in the day when he started <laughs> yeah. it, and uh, sounds a little more forceful than I. <laughs> oh, yeah, in a, in a good way, I'm sure. In a good way, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, yeah, for that was the first time I'd ever written for a large ensemble like mm. the, like at all. And, wow, um, and. Yeah, learned a lot doing that, and then ended up being a part of the board for a little while mm-hmm. at the very early conception of the whole thing. And right, um, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so you've been you've been in, involved with um, PJCE for a while, I, but I think, and then I, you know, I've been hearing you play, and you've played with us plenty of times too. And, and you, then, just individually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then I met. I think I first <clears throat> met you through that tim Byrne show oh yeah that you played on <laughs> with creative music guild yeah yeah uh-huh yeah and so that, yeah. yeah i mean i think then it was like um pjce then just looking because we well we've done we've done that idea before of like picking a band that we love in portland and then saying could we join them like are there's you know like either looking at like a singer songwriter like we've worked with edna vasquez before and that was one great example and then um a couple year, a year or two before that, we we did a show with Catherine Feeney and Chris Johnitas, right. uh, and we added five horn players for that one. So we kind of took that model here and applied that to Blue Cranes and said, let's add our eight. So this time we're adding a few more eight eight players. We're adding eight horn players wow. to, to the Blue Cranes. Yeah, so it'll be like <laughs> it'll, we'll make a lot of noise up there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That's a lot of horn players on stage at yeah. once. That'd be ten That's horn a players total. Whole right? lot of horns. Goodness. Yeah. So is the idea when you're working on projects like this just to have to figure out a way to add to the compositions that they've already done, like Blue Crane compositions, or are you hoping to get new music out of this as well? 
we're actually so we didn't really know going into it. I think we were we were hoping to probably mostly arrange older material. Yeah. And, um, but as it turns out, we're gonna have um, I think three songs that have never been recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which we've been performing for a while, but um, but we'll be able to. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe this will become the recorded version. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, it was more, it was like, we, we love that you guys already have your own material and how can we make it bigger and better? It was kind of, I think that's the idea for this one. Yeah. So how was that for you, Reed, to uh, arrange your material for this bigger group and to write for eight extra horn horns that are going to be a part of this? It, uh, it was... It was super exciting and a, a little daunting at first, um, as I'm like <laughs> sitting with my with Sibelius open on my computer. Like I'm like, okay, I got these. Wow, there's a lot of blank parts here. Like, got a lot of things to fill in here. But uh, but the more I dug into the piece that I'm working on, it uh, it was really neat to kind of a, a lot of what we were doing in this piece with it was broken up just between uh it's like this uh it's almost like a philip glass kind of um thing happening and and it's just between joe and i um on um saxophones and so having all of these other uh woodwinds and brass like um i kind of ran with it and i hope that it's not too crazy to try and perform it but (laughs) but uh yeah um it was fun. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> well, I think you took, I mean, like I can see that you took, you took those elements of what was already there. Right. And then kind of just expanded that and make them like thicker in some cases, like with just adding more notes, um, adding some more rhythm like there. And then I think in some places, like there's just kind of, it's almost like we're just adding more to like the keyboard sound, you know, that Rebecca is doing. Yeah. That someone, uh, it was funny. Someone, who's very frank approached me at a gig the other day and was like i saw that you're doing this show and uh and i'm really worried that rebecca like that's a lot of horns and i'm really worried that like rebecca he's, he's like i feel like rebecca is like the the orchestrator of the band mm. like like her parts are so important and and uh he was like i'm really worried that yeah i kind of wish you had more keyboards or something i'm really worried that her parts are gonna get buried wow. and, and uh huh. But it's been really, it's been really fun, uh, actually accentuating a lot of the stuff that she's doing through like almost like a five-part horn organ, or you know, like mm. it was Jai, wasn't it? He was talking to you about that, right? That e- yeah. well, yeah, that was Jai. <laughs> no. <laughs> hmm. So, um, yeah. are you just you're just doing the arrangements for one song? Are you doing multiple songs, or other people? Uh, how's how's the the division five, of labor here? There's five of uh, five people doing arranged. Okay, that, right. Yeah. So the five people we have are Reed um, and Joe Cunningham. So they're the two of the blue sax players. Yep. And then we have also Quinn Walker, who is a recent PSU grad trumpet player, mm-hmm. um, and he's also um, we're all ki- kind of extra glad about him because he's actually a graduate of our uh, young composer mentorship program. And so there's been a couple of cases where we've taken some of the kind of the most advanced composers from that group and then said, we're going to put you in on this, on the real concert, you know, like put you in the big game, you know? <laughs> um, so we're, we're glad about that just, just because, you know, that's what we're trying to train them for. We're trying to kind of build a bigger bench so that there are more composers out there who know how to write a horn part and they know how to like write a Barry Sachs part and like why there are certain things you have to know about how to do that. And hopefully we taught him well enough that he can do it. And I mean, he can. Um, so Quinn Walker and then um, uh, Kyleen King is is writing one. And then Todd Sikafus. Todd Sikafus. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. How did Todd like get a, involved with this? Yeah. Well, you, you should you should tell that story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I forget how I originally met Todd. I think I think it was just through... We did a double bill. Oh no, it was through Allison Miller's group. because um, ah. uh, Blue Cranes used to do shows with with her um, Boom Tick Boom mm-hmm. ensemble, and um, and Todd played bass in that band. And so, I guess that's how we got to know him. And then we shared a bill down in San Francisco once with his group, and uh, 
And he recently moved, or not so recent anymore, but a couple of years ago moved to Eugene. And oh, that's right. And so right. he's based super close. And, and I've been itching to, I've, uh, he was involved in the uh, improvised round robin duets a couple of years back. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, part of the uh, Curated Music Guild's uh, Improvisation Summit of Portland, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And since, I mean, I think since he, you know, since he moved to Eugene and, be, you know, become an Oregonian, um, he's been on our list, too, of people that we've wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a great, just a great opportunity for that way, um, that he knew, knew Reed already and knew Blue Cranes already and was interested in working with both of us. So it was great. How does it go with the heading towards a finished product here? Is there a lot of back and forth of you handing off arrangements to one or the other of you or one of the other people and like editing things figuring out what works and what doesn't uh, i'm very curious about this process because or do you, is it is, or is there a lot of trust involved you're just like just do whatever and we'll we'll just jump into it there's definitely a lot of trust involved um i would say there's a ton of trust because <laughs> we haven't really yeah. I, I don't really know what other people are doing so much yeah. oh really yeah, yeah. so you well, haven't seen any of the other arrangements yet no i saw well i saw a little bit of the, of what kylian was working on just really recently and i love it um and joe's sort of talked about what he's doing um, i have no idea what todd's doing um, wow i got to sit down and play some of the stuff that i was working on when joe was in town last so but so he's heard what i was doing but yeah you i don't know how much you've heard of any of it. Uh, oh and then and i met and i'm um uh, have gotten to get together with quinn but i don't i have no idea what he's working on so. oh okay but uh we're gonna get together tomorrow so okay good tomorrow <laughs> Good. You're supposed to. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, that was part of the pro- yeah. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. supposed to be helping him, right? So. He knows more about this than I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would say yeah. There's a lot of trust involved because, like, whenever whenever we say, um, whenever we kind of take that leap of saying, we think you're a good enough composer that you're gonna write for us, then we trust them to write what they're gonna write and give us something that's gonna be interesting and and it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be also workable. I mean, there there have been a few times where. Um, we maybe took a risk with somebody that maybe was kind of untested or like had done re- something really interesting, you know, that we'd heard like in some other setting. Um, and then we asked them to kind of try to do your magic for these, this 12 member group. And sometimes like, you know, it's, there have been times when it hasn't worked out very well, but on, on, on the whole, I would say like people rise to the occasion, you know, and, and they give us something really interesting despite, maybe never having done it before so that's that's always been a really interesting thing you know about kind of curating that list of composers that we work with for pjce yeah so reed is it an exciting thing to have someone taking a composition of yours or a piece of music that you've put together and adding their own stamp to it and expanding upon it like this is it a little daunting or is that why you write things like this in hopes that they become like a living breathing entity that that can change and adapt um, well, I'm super honored that anyone would want to do anything with, with something that I've written. <laughs> um, so there's definitely that. And, uh, and no, I'm excited to, to try something new with, with, uh, with these songs. Like, uh, yeah. So I think Quinn, Quinn's working on a piece that I wrote, um, that, that we actually have taken out of our rotation. Like we haven't played it in a long time. Oh, and, wow. And, hmm. uh, and that was what he gravitated towards, which which I thought was great, hmm. and um, and so we actually pulled it out for the last show we did to try and remember how to play it, and uh, <laughs> and we got through it, and it wasn't as hard. It it was really hard to learn it at first, and then it's hmm. been a while, and uh, it was fine. So, but now <laughs> we get good. to learn what he's doing to it. So. Right. I um, mean, th- that is, I think, the the ideal for any jazz composition is to like have that space within it to improvise and to change things and to adapt i mean you listen to anybody who's recorded a song multiple times they change every yep. time so it's all, i'm always curious about that um so as as i said this this uh is kicking off the siege of cranes show on the 21st at holocene is kicking off the portland jazz composers ensemble main stage season uh, what does the rest of the season look like at this point Doug? yeah so on february 26th we're playing um a piece called ecta the Unity Project, and it, it's a kind of a multi-media or a multi-movement suite of music um, by Jasnam Dea Singh, um, and Jasnam is a, a Brazilian immigrant who uh, 
his his music definitely reflects that. You know, it kind of reflects his Brazilian background. Um, there's Choro, um, in definitely a really strong influence of that music, and then also just like a he has this beautiful kind of really rhythmic um, kind of. It's I I don't know. It's like it's high energy, but it's like um, it's really kind of sleek and um, I don't know smooth but it's not smooth jazz i smooth is a dirty word unfortunately you know there, there is smoothness to Sleek. some things that actually yeah. work you know right. that's it's why i like the word bossa nova stuff yeah. since we're talking about it's, that world uh, you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's uh it's aerodynamic there let's, you go. Let's, say, let's say it's aerodynamic <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's going to be really beautiful. It's part of the Portland Jazz Festival, uh, February 26th at the Old Church. And then um, in the spring on June 12th, we're, uh, I, I'm, I'm particularly excited about this one because I'm kind of taking a bigger role in it artistically. I'm going to be arranging all the music, but we're, we're playing all songs by Jimmy Herod. Um, and so, it, um, so Jimmy, uh, he's working more and more lately with Pink Martini and Lately, he sang with the National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center um, doing, oh gosh, he's going to be disappointed in me. I can't remember what the program was he did, but he was just there doing that. No big deal. Uh, you know, but, you know, he's, he's becoming more and more known um, as this incredible voice. And he really, really is. I mean, like you hear him and it's just unbelievable what he can do. Technically, of course, but I think just the way he makes you feel is really special, um, super unique. Um, and But I think what a lot of people don't know is that he's also a great songwriter and a great composer. Um, and so we're going to kind of give him that opportunity to put that foot forward in a really big way. And he's um, and kind of I'm also really honored that he is kind of taking this very personal route um, with it. And so what we're doing is... Um, so he was a victim of abuse as a child, and what he's done is kind of taken that experience and, and that part of his personal history and created some songs about that, and then he's also created some, and, the, and that's kind of a few songs that are older that he wrote as a student, like a master's student. No, it was his undergrad, actually. Wow. It was just 2013. Um, but songs that he wrote at that time to kind of just like put that in music and make sense of that somehow for himself musically um so we're taking some of those songs we'll arrange them for the ensemble and he'll he'll be singing and then um he's written some new songs that are that were so it's like he's so the, the concert the title of the concert is transgression and transcendence and so that's the story he's telling with 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 his songs there. that sounds powerful as all get out mm -hmm. wow yeah and are you doing anything outside of the pjce right now doug i am in fact yes I yeah. want to hear more. <laughs> uh, I just so I just launched a podcast. It's called More Devotedly, um, and it's it's uh, it's so it's it's a podcast. I had to I always have to remember that it's not just a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a band, and it's like a record label, and it's live events. And so every quarter, and we'll see if how much I can actually stick to that. But we're <laughs> every quarter I'm trying to you know release a few episodes that are interviews with artists who are doing work that's. Uh, kind of actively engaging with cultural and political issues. Uh, and so we, um, the first volume is nearly wrapped up. I still have one episode to finish, but um, I interviewed three artists that are, uh, their work to me kind of all speaks to the idea of belonging mm -hmm. and belonging in the United States of America and, you know, all the things that that means and all the challenges that has and all the upsides and the downsides. And we, um, yeah, so more devotedly. <laughs> Are are, it, the, are episodes out now? Or they what? are, yeah. Okay. So Where you can, can people find the usual yeah, podcast I'm, places? I am so glad you asked. Yeah, it. Um, the, you can find it at the website moredevotedly.com, and then you can also find it on your podcatcher of choice, yeah. And for more information about the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble, it's pjce.org. That's right. Now, Reed, I want to talk to you a little bit, get a little update on what's up with both you outside of Blue Cranes and outside of this project and what is up with Blue Cranes right now. So let's start with Blue Cranes, since that is the big focus of this, this show. Uh, what is next or what is in the future for this project? I'm so excited to come hear those projects. Yeah, and... I know. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Blue Cranes, we are uh, we're getting ready to go back into the studio in uh, in January to... We have about um, 
we definitely have probably more than a full album's worth of songs to to get recorded um some of which uh were arranged arranging for the show um and let's see uh we have a show we have a couple shows we're playing at uh the 1905 um we just played there for the first time a couple weeks ago and um that is an awesome place it's a really nice space to hear music absolutely yeah and uh Man, Aaron Aaron is an old friend of mine from high school and or before actually. Wow. Hmm. But uh but he is so supportive of of musicians. I don't know, like they have like a a tip line for music on the on the um credit card receipt. Like you right. can do like a separate mm-hmm. tip for oh, the music. Throw a little more to the band then? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I don't know. It's such mm-hmm. a simple little thing, but it it like really had a huge impact on on what we brought in. Right. So, sure. Mm-hmm. Um but if you haven't been there, that is an amazing place. Please, please support that business. Um, we're playing. We're gonna be back there. Um, my brother's birthday on December seventeenth. Um, and then we have a date at the jazz festival, uh, opening up for the Archie Shep uh, quintet. Wow! Yeah, super excited about that. That is quite a coup. My goodness, that's yeah. gonna be a great night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, I've been digging into old Archie Chef records. Like I'm so psyched to hear what he's doing now. He's a legend. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. How are things cause Oh yeah. Go ahead, please. No. Well, uh sometime next year we are gonna finally <laughs> be releasing this album that we that uh we've had ready to go for quite a long time i don't know it's it's time for it to finally come out but it's a this is another blue cranes record it's another blue cranes record uh it's a collaboration with nine different vocalists and, oh wow um and it um yeah so so it's it's new compositions and they were all um each song was uh co-written or uh, kind of a different kind of collaboration of some sort with the vocalist um and um yeah i i'm so ready for that to be out in the world and <laughs> can not... you name drop some of the vocalists who are on this um sure yeah um uh we worked with edna vasquez and lucilena mendoza on one track excellent and um uh laura gibson on a track laura veers um ray frazier red ray frazier oh wow gavin castleton um annalisa tornfelt I should be counting on my fingers because I know I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, uh, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, and um, Peter Broderick. Oh, excellent. And Holland Anders. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is an all-star lineup right there. Yeah, for sure. My goodness. I'm honored to be in any way associated with, with them. So, yeah. You played on Holland's record, didn't you? Uh, Joe played on Joe Holland's played record. On, okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I was. I'll cut that part out. But yeah, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna make that mistake. Yeah, this is one of y'all. But this leads me to my question about um, this, how things are with Blue Cranes because Joe doesn't live here in town anymore. So do I have that right? That's right. So yeah. uh, so how is that uh, easy to maintain the level of activity that you want to with this band? with someone not being here i mean i know that's probably the, the way of the world with a lot of bands nowadays but mm-hmm. you know and i know you you have families yep. you know Jai and rebecca have a kid and you know everybody's busy with other stuff as well so is that a good or a bad thing to have someone not here that you can just knock on his door and be like let's play you know as much as i like having joe in portland it's been one it's been like one of the best things for the band that really? he left <laughs> and i don't mean that in a bad way like uh, <laughs> Um, what what's happened is that like um he's been able to come up here once a month and and he'll stay with us and and we'll get like the solid time of like hanging out at night and like uh and and also just like having this date when he's going to be in town where we have to have our stuff together to like um so we just have a lot more time face to face of uh of working on compositions and then and then our rehearsals are like kind of have a lot more intensity to them too because we know that Joe flew up here to rehearse and like right and uh, and this is our only chance. Not and a lot uh, of time to drag your feet or goof around. Let's get get down to business. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
So I've been joking with him, like if he if he ever moves back, he should secretly move to Vancouver and not tell anybody. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> Make your room with Todd and Eugene or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Stuff is like ramped up way more since he left, which is a great <laughs> thing. That so, is a good thing. Yeah. What about outside of the Blue Cranes fold and this project, The Siege of Cranes? Do you have other projects you're working on, other things you can tell us about? Um, we have a show coming up. I don't know if it'll be before or after this goes on the air. but uh, well, This is going on air the – oh, gosh, I'm going to pull up a calendar here. Let's go internet. So it'll be on the air on the 14th. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about something that happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, so do I talk about it in the past then, or uh, I'm if you want? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's, I want to hear about it now. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'm working on a uh, with a quartet with um with Joe on tenor and Jonathan Seeloff from Golden Retriever on bass clarinet and Luke Wyland uh, from AU and Methods Body on mm-hmm. uh, piano and organ, and um, we. We, put, it's a piece that I, I uh, sort of constructed out of uh, originally like the uh, improvisations that I did just on solo saxophone that were, uh, it's kind of just like like a meditation improvisation on different people important to me in my life and and I went back and kind of culled through those improvisations and and found ones that felt like succinct pieces within them and uh and ended up uh orchestrating and harmonizing them for three three part uh woodwind harmony wow and um and then brought luke in and he's doing these wonderful uh just thick drones under it all and um uh, most of it is is kind of out of time rubato compositions and um so we did this once uh, two years ago at the Improv Summit through mm-hmm. the Creative Music Guild, and uh, so I'm excited to be doing uh, more with that group again right now. Um, uh, yeah, the show that we're getting ready for is uh, has already happened by the time this is airing, but uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, one of my favorite composers, Travis LaPlante. Who, oh, that's um, right. That is coming out. Who yeah. leads a a group called Battle Trance, and uh, he's he's played all over the place. But uh, he's a anyway. So we're gonna do a double bill together. Excellent. For that. Well, I hope to, I hope there'll be more shows for that in the future because I'm very excited to hear this. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I have talked with Travis before. He's a great interview. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. When uh, well, when Battle Trance came through, I did a story about him for uh, the Mercury. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Joe and I just. Um, just finished a duo album and um we are uh i think gonna be releasing that in late november early december i haven't figured out the exact date but uh but we just did our first modern dance video for it where where the two of us are dancing (laughs) and uh Uh, that is really exciting yeah, yeah i just got the final version of that today i can uh i can show you afterwards if you'd like to see it and uh uh, but that project uh, also took off after Joe moved to LA, and um, and we we spent a lot of very late nights in my basement uh, recording after the kids went to bed when he was up here in town, and uh, and that's been just a very not precious project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both of us care so deeply about Blue Cranes and about just like making sure that the pieces are are just really formed exactly how we want them and which is good but sometimes it can it can also be uh well i don't i it is good it is good but but this was is like completely different than that like like a lot of the pieces are based off of like a one-time improvisation that one of us did on a keyboard and then the whole song is made out of that and so it's been a really different way to write music and uh, a really fun process to be involved in with him for that as well and it's forced you to dance 
it forced us didn't force us we, well, i'm sure well, you did it willingly <laughs> but you know <laughs> you say that now i don't know yeah. <laughs> um well <laughs> yeah we we got together with linda austin uh recently the choreographer and mm-hmm. and uh and i i've i've done a thing she does a thing once a year where uh where she works with um often mostly male but this year it's like men and women uh uh, non untrained dancers uh meaning people who aren't dancers uh and um as a fun she calls it the Bora and boris and natasha dancers wow it's it's nice. it's really fun and uh so i did that one year and uh we were trying to figure out what to do as a funny video for this thing and and she was game so we went over and chore- she choreographed us in like two hours we filmed it in one hour and uh and left with a with a video sweet new video (laughs) i need to see that yes me too well to keep up on everything that's happening in blue cranes world go to bluecranesmusic.com or you can find them i'm sure on Bandcamp and facebook and everywhere else on the internet and again uh, the portland jazz composers ensemble pjce.org i'm sure you have a social media presence i'm sure Mm -hmm. beyond that so again the performance a siege of cranes is happening on November 21st at 8 p.m. at Holocene. Go to pjce.org to, for more information. Buy tickets through there. There's a link there, I'm sure. Uh, Doug Dietrich of PJCE, thank you for being here. Reed Wallsmith of Blue Cranes, thank you both for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. And we've reached the end of the first episode of World of Noise. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to tune in next week, where I'll be joined by Amy and Angie Sabin, twin sisters who are making music together for the first time in their adult lives as members of the post-punk darkwave group Shadowlands. They have a new record coming out later this month. If you'd like to send me a comment or question about the show, shoot me a message over at Twitter. The account for the show is at W-O-N-X-Ray. And if you want to hear this again, either pop over to our archives or go to xraypod.com to download the show and subscribe to get future episodes. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.